This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy. Gadsden back up to two feet. Trying to get the takedown on you guys. Trying to get the pin. He did. David Gadsden's mission is over. A quiet match all of a sudden blew up. Boom. What happened? You know what that's called? The Gadsden. I coined it. I'm patenting it next. What was it like for you with the family adversity that you've gone through to now win a national championship? Awesome. You know, I love my dad. I'm about to start tearing up. Whew. This is awesome. We work for this. My, my dad, my mom, everyone, we work for this. What's it feel like? I just want some ice cream, man. I, I just want some ice cream. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest screen bloody murder until someone understands That it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women I make this noise just because I can And we'll all join in to that original sin So let's get rowdy and reckless Let's get rowdy and reckless Let's get rowdy and Hello and welcome to another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society and brought to you by Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, the best known barbecue sauce in the whole universe. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how are you doing this evening? Doing wonderful. How are you? I am doing well, surviving this polar vortex that we are in. We had a high of negative three yesterday, and I am just staying inside and avoiding all of that. I don't know if you guys are any better in central Iowa, but uh, it has not been fun. Doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it's been any better. (laughs) Well, good. Well, good. Uh, Well, you know what? We have a a very special guest tonight. We have your nephew, Landon, who is with us. Landon, how are, are you doing tonight? Good. Excellent. I'm really glad that you could join us. Well, the reason that we asked Landon to join us is because we wanted him to let us know who we're going to be talking, let everyone know who we're going to be talking to this evening. So, Landon, who are your Uncle Chris and I going to be chatting with tonight? Uh, you guys are going to be chatting with Kyvin, and he is – he was an Iowa State wrestler. And what does he do now? And he, now he, he usually narrates the Iowa State wrestling games. What's the coolest thing about Kyvin Gadsden? Uh, what do you like about him? That he was an, a very good Iowa State wrestler. And what was his dance? Can you show him? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Landon, you're right. We have Kyvin Gadsden on the on the podcast tonight, and Joey Boyens from Eakin Nutrition. Uh, Kyvin is former Iowa State wrestler, uh, now uh, commentator for NCAA uh, Big Twelve wrestling. And Joey is the owner and operator of Eakin Nutrition here in Des Moines, Iowa, who. Uh, 
specializes in sports nutritions and uh, and wrestlers. And we thought we'd bring those guys on and talk wrestling, uh, nutrition, and uh, just kind of chew the fat. And I found out that Landon was uh, my nephew. Landon was Kyvin's biggest fan. Uh, he apparently emulated his little dance when he was three years old. So, uh, I thought I'd bring Landon on to, to do the introductions. Nice job, Landon. And we both yes. really love ice cream. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I'm telling you, I have, I have something special for you, Landon. I don't know when you'll get it, um, or when it'll get there, but I got, I got something special for you. Okay. And if Kevin says it, you know it's true. That's right. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Leonard. And that was really fantastic. We really appreciate you helping us out with that. Yep. Tell your mom and dad you can stay up till 745. Don't push it, Landon. <laughs> yeah, yep, you probably I'm gonna should. try. <laughs> how do we get, get Kevin to go to bed at a decent time? <laughs> I, what are you talking about? I'd be in bed. I'm in bed at like nine nine thirty. <laughs> I love my sleep. You got to start getting on Tokyo time. No. Oh, and on I the mean, weekends, I stay up until like I don't know nine thirty to ten. Partying? Yeah, that's all the later I'm up anymore as well. Right. All righty, Landon. Thanks for hanging out with us, buddy. Yep. We'll see you later. Uh, thank you. See you, buddy. Excellent. Well, as Landon let us know, uh, we do have Kyvan Gadsden on the podcast. Kyvan, welcome to Old Man Strength. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys for having me on. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, I don't know how much Chris has told you about what we talk about. Normally, we have someone uh, a little bit older than you since this is old man strength. Uh, well, we brought, <laughs> well, I brought Joey on. Kevin <laughs> <laughs> um, just, just changes the curve a little bit on the age here. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, no, we we appreciate that. I especially because not only is this old man strength, um, you are not old, but you actually have strength, uh, physical strength, unlike Chris and I, uh, who have, I don't know, Chris, what would you even say? How would you describe our, our physique? Uh, I, I, I tend not to describe it. Very <laughs> <often>. <laughs> I don't know. I, I told the, I told the nurse today when I was at the doctor's office that I think I pulled a muscle on my back two weeks ago and I still can't barely lift my foot. So, I mean, that shows you what kind of athletic prowess I have. I, you know, man, I think I twisted an ankle walking down the stairs the other day and I'm only in my forties, but I'm already looking forward to when I have real estate where everything is on one level and I don't have to go to the basement just to do laundry. I don't know. <laughs> Keys to life. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i don't know what that says but uh uh you know um it, at some point here maybe i'll figure out how to get back into shape but we've talked a lot on the podcast chris about your weight loss journey we've talked about the various things you've done to get into shape to maintain your weight loss to do all of those things 
um, what what motivated you to to even get into uh, that lifestyle change for you? Well, if I'm being honest, uh, I would prefer that my wife wanted to see me naked more, but <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> uh, and again, she never listens anyway, so I can, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, for me, it was, it was, I, I, I think we were on our anniversary trip five years ago and, and, uh, I was probably pushing 330 pounds at the time. And, and I had lost a bunch of weight before that and then gained a lot of it back and we went hiking and I, I mean, I could barely make it up, up, up a, a hill. I mean, it, I was really struggling. So that for me was, was the biggest thing for me, but it's been a journey. And, and, uh, and I will say, uh, we'll, we'll turn it around that I, in the last, I would say year that I've been working with Joey, uh, my um, idea of how to, to handle nutrition and, 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 exercise and so on is completely opened my eyes to, to how things are. So uh, I thought it would be super great to bring Joey on to, to, to give people an idea. Cause I think Joey has um, some experience there in, in opening some eyes for some people of what, uh, what they can do and, and things like that. And, and with Kyvin uh, going on the journey that he's going on and how that relates to him, I just thought it'd be a natural fit to have those guys on and let's talk about it. Absolutely. I, I think that is, that is uh, fantastic. I think to have someone, well, you know what, Kevin, I'll let you, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, a little bit about your, your collegiate career and how it's changed now that you're graduated and preparing for the Olympics and kind of what you're going through. Uh, okay. Uh, collegiate career started. I got to Ames, Iowa in 2010 in the summer uh and it started off kind of rough uh dealt with um some injuries i know my first uh first tournaments uh in ames on the iowa state roster i was wrestling at 184 pounds my senior year of high school i wrestled 189 so i was still growing i was 17 when i graduated and um i was doing the best i knew how to do with nutrition um, and I was having a really hard time making 184 pounds, like really hard time struggling, making 184 pounds. Um, I think with that, I dealt with some more injuries, um, and the coaching staff, um, decided that it'd be best if I moved up to 197 pounds and, um, still dealt with some injuries throughout that. And then I got healthy um in 2012 um 2012 13 season um became all-american and a big 12 champ um followed that up with the same essential same thing um as a junior uh a big 12 champ and uh all-american again but fell short of becoming a national champ um and i was ranked number one in the country that year at certain points and then senior year um i started diving into nutrition a little bit more because junior year i struggled with um maintaining weight in the weight cut and um i had some good people in my corner um particularly a friend named kira hennis who's a, a registered dietitian who helped me 
um, and kind of just kept me on, like kind of was like my accountability partner. Um, and then, yeah, since then I've kind of just did it, did it my own way since I got out of college uh, and never went to a nutritionist or had, had anybody like that. But then um, this summer, I was talking to Willie Miklas, who was a um, who graduated with his second master's from Iowa State, um, and was um, a four-time NTA All-American, and we were um, teammates in the Cyclone Regional Training Center. And he was just talking about nutrition, and he had told me that he went down to um, Joey um, for that type of like high-level advice and strategic, essentially planning. And I was like, okay, like, well, you know. We're going into the Olympic year. I've come up short the last four years. So in 2016, I lost in the Olympic trial semifinals to Jake Varner. Um, the guy I beat in the 2015 um, NCAA finals went on to uh, win the Olympics. Um, then in 2017, that person beat me off the world team and won the world championships. In 2018, he beat me off the world team again. Um and took second at the world championships in 2019. He beat me off the world team again and, um, uh, and, and took third at the uh, world championship. So going into the 2020 uh, Olympic season, it was just like, well, what are you doing? And like, what's going to change, you know, like what's going to make these results tip in your favor essentially. And so, um, once the postponement happened of the Olympic trials, um, I talked to Willie and he was like, Hey, you should just go down there and check it out, see what you think. And, um, kind of go from there. And I went down, um, to Eakin and talked with Joey and right away, I was like, kind of dismissive of some of the things that he said, <laughs> fully, fully, not even, no, yeah. If I'm being honest, um, fully dismissive of some of the things he said, and it was just like, <laughs> Like this dude, like, what is he talking about? And I think it was like my ego, like my ego was taking a hit. Right. Um, and so, uh, but I liked him, but it was just like my ego. It was like, he was talking to me in a certain way that I guess I hadn't been talked to or um, maybe dealt with. And it was like, okay, if I put my ego aside is what he's saying. Correct. And so I tried to look at it like that. And um, I best, basically after like a hundred, hundred days of working with them, we saw, saw a lot of good, good results. And I was like, okay, um, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way in. I'm all the, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way in with them. And um, it took a hundred days to convince you. It didn't take a hundred days, but <laughs> I, I'm saying like, I, like I, I saw, I saw what was happening. And then after, a hundred days, it was just like, there wasn't any reason to like, you know, go back or like try to find a different situation. So, um, yeah. yeah when, Ky when Kyman called me up, you could tell, um, I mean, Kyman has a great reputation. He's got a great, uh, history. Um, it's, you can't argue the fact that he's a great athlete. Um, but when he came in, or he called me last July I was a little nervous about talking to him. I know the caliber athlete he is. And so taking this on is a lot of responsibility and I take it very seriously. And I think we had a, a good heart to heart over the phone right away. And I just kind of said, you know, this is what I expect. And if you can do this, let's, let's give it a shot. And uh, when Kyman came down, um, 
again, we had a, a good heart to heart and, and wrestlers have an old school mentality. There's an old, there's an old school badge of honor that you get when you have cauliflower ear and you dehydrate and you spit in a can to make weight and all this stuff that would you agree, Kevin? That's, it's kind of a, it's almost a badge of honor for all these guys, but it's not yeah. how you perform it in your optimal manner on the mat. And so it's, it's a lot of believing in me um, when you're used to doing it a certain way and it's worked for so many years and you've had the success that Kevin had. So just him um, buying into the way that I do things was a huge compliment to me. And um, I think, uh, I think we're getting where we want to go. So and that, but that's not your first foray in, into that, though, Joey. Right? Like you've worked with Grandview for for quite a while, right? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And, and so, yeah. And so, how I actually got into the wrestling thing um, was I worked privately with uh, uh, Dallas Hutchins, who uh, became a national champ for Grandview. And uh, Coach Mitchell, if if you guys know about wrestling, it has a has a great program down there. He'd won four national championships in a row, and so I was intimidated to go down there as well and kind of try to talk him out of it, actually. Um, but he got me to, uh, come down there and start working with, I think eight of their kids. And eventually we started doing the whole team and, and we came up with the process for weight cuts for wrestlers that are healthy. Like my first rule out of the gate is you got to drink a gallon of water a day, which scares a lot of wrestlers, but, um, there's a reason behind everything that we do. And, uh, so I started with Grandview, but you also have to understand <clears throat> that again, Kyvin's a, you know, he's a national champ uh, at a D one school and going for the Olympics. So that's a, a different level of pressure than what I have. I mean, I expect a lot of all my kids. And I think, uh, you know, last year we had 22 high school wrestlers and 23 made it on the podium at state. And so we expect a certain amount of success, but still it's nerve wracking when you work with a guy like Kyvin, because I mean, the expectations are super high and you can't, there's no higher goal in, in wrestling than, than going to the Olympics and taking home the gold. And so, um, I take this very seriously, but it adds a, a lot of stress and, and it's, um, um, it's hard. It takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication and, and, uh, you both got to be all in or it doesn't work. So, um, I'm really happy where we're at right now. So Kevin, you, you said you wrestled 197, right? But you, you said you were wrestling, uh, Jake Varner. Wasn't he, wasn't he bigger? Wasn't he like, like 212? Did you put on more mass on all of this or is that more like your natural weight or you know you mentioned you started off 17 you were growing a lot you were going through a lot I, yeah i guess i i remember jake being a little bit bigger or am i just misremembering no no no, you're correct so jake won the olympics at 96 kilograms which was two um 211 um but he wrestled in college at 197 pounds okay, okay. um and so he was a four-time ncaa finalist two-time mm -hmm. champ uh at, at 109 or er, in college but he wrestled at 84 a couple of those years as well okay. um okay. but internationally the weight changed after he won the olympics in 2016 the weight changed to 97 kilos which is 213.85 pounds um and honestly when when i got done with college i was like done wrestling i was ready to be done just um the emotional toll it took on me um was heavy and so i um stepped away from the sport I, I i believed i was ready to be done and then um essentially i just was like well i think you need to like find out you need to find out because as a kid growing up that was always the goal was to be an olympic champ yes if you're trained to be an olympic champ you're probably going to get some ncaa titles um with it uh and so 
it was really like, well, you don't want to look back 20 years from now and be like, I didn't go for it and have that type of regret. So it was just like, well, like, let's find out. And it didn't hurt that you're watching a guy that you um, had beat um, have the success that he was having, right? Mm -hmm. Like he, uh, five months after I beat him in the NCAA finals, he won the world championship. So he's the best guy in the world five months after that, right? And so it was like, well, like, are you capable of doing that? Like, I, I didn't want to sit around and, and be like, oh, I, well, I could do it. I was like, I, I need to find out. Like, if I can, okay. If I can't, at least I, I went for it. And so, yeah, I moved up to, to 97 because the other weight class was 189.6. So 86 kilos or, yeah, so it was 86 kilos, which is 189.6. And so I really disciplined myself extremely hard my senior year of college. Um, and I was like, I had good success. And again, I'm watching someone that I have beat and competed against, you know, um, consistently have success at 97. So it was just like, oh, like that's a natural progression. You go up, you're happier, you're healthier, you can eat, you know, more. Um, and you'll, you'll still be able to perform. You can do the wrestling and enjoy it um, and not have all the the extra um, stuff going on. And so I moved up to two, two fourteen, and essentially, and was just like, all right, let's, let's see where we're at. And so, um, yeah, like that's what, that's what I, the weight class I've competed at since then. So Joey, you mentioned uh, a lot of these wrestlers, kind of the culture, the badge of honor is, you know, spitting into a cup and, uh, you know, that type of mental, I remember, so I, I grew up with, uh, Ben Shirk, who was an all American at, at Iowa, um, back in, in the late nineties, early two thousands. And he used to just have, a like a scrapbook of food that he would look at and that's how he would eat. He wasn't eating. He was just looking at a scrapbook mm-hmm. of food. Uh, I don't know what his ever like actual kind of ideal weight should have been right? Because he was constantly trying to fit into a different weight class. Is that something when you're working with these wrestlers that you're trying to figure out? Uh, Absolutely. What they that's, yeah, that's the biggest thing that you're probably trying to figure out is, you know, how much muscle do you have to actually burn off to get down to the weight you want to be at? And then once you get there, can you compete at a level that you want to be at? A lot of these guys get so fatigued so quickly because they train their gas tank so much. And there is a lot of science behind it. <clears throat> but even talking, you know, with Kayavan, we had to we had to figure out, you know, what's, what's the right weight class, where should you be at, you know, for your best performance. And, and um, it, I'm trying to see how I want to phrase this correctly. Um, there's smarter ways and better ways to do things than what we used to. We have a lot of technology now that we can use. So the first thing that we do actually is, is figure out the right weight class to go to. And that's based on a lot of things. And I don't want to get too boring with this, but there's a lot of waters that go into effect. How much water is in your muscle versus how much bad water inflammation do you have in your body? How much can we take out and be safe and effective? And I mean, I have kids and I'm not even exaggerating when I say this, you know, my high school kids, the hardest thing they want to do, they want to cut too early. And when, if you ask any wrestler, probably the biggest one, the number one thing they have a problem with is a day before they're going to make weight, they can't lose that last two or three pounds. And it's because they've cut too early and your body goes into survival mode essentially. And it holds on to that water because you're so dehydrated that it won't let go of it. And they try and then they can saunas, steams, 
sweatsuits, you know, all this stuff that they're trying to do and your body still has to survive. And so <laughs> it won't let, it won't let go of that weight. And they wonder why. And it's just a, a simple matter of timing. A lot of times it's getting the macros to where they need to be to spike their metabolism. They kill their metabolism, you know? So I always, I always explain metabolism is like a campfire, right? You got to throw a log in that fire every three or four hours. And so you get like, these wrestlers to eat every three or four hours, to get their metabolism going. And then once they do, it's a double-edged sword because when you got a bigger flame going for metabolism, you got to throw more wood on that fire, right? So you got to give them more food and your common sense and just, you know, it, it, you want, you think when I, when I'm not losing weight, I need to cut my calories back. I'm eating too much. And that's not the case. A lot of times you got to increase calories and that's a hard thing for a wrestler to wrap their mind around. And so when they get, you know, three days before it's time to, to weigh in and they're 10 pounds overweight, but I know in my head, they're going to be fine. Cause I see what they've been losing overnight. I see what they lose at a practice. I see, and even Kyvin, I think, I think Kyvin has a hundred percent brunt of the process. Um, but it's still, when, when you're trained that way for so long, it's hard to wrap your mind around that. And, um, for instance, Sunday, Kyvin came in and we did his, his, uh, scan and I was super excited about it. I was like, Oh my gosh, this couldn't be any better. And Kyvin's looking at the weight going, but I'm three pounds heavier than I was the last time we weighed in. I was like, but it's eight pounds of muscle, dude. I was like, this is crazy. This couldn't be any better, but they're still really stuck on that weight. And, and so it's hard to buy into, but once you do, and I think Kyvin can attest to this, the energy levels and the weight cut is so much easier. It's stressful at the beginning, but once you get in the process and you actually buy into it and you, and you trust the process, it works. And I think Kyvin, you know, just in Iowa city alone, um, I'm not sure if you guys watched that this year, but Kyvin had to wrestle, I'd say his, his biggest, um, nemesis <laughs> and, and Kyle Snyder and, and going into it, you know, everybody's like, Oh, Kyle Snyder has been beaten how long, you know? And, and if you all remember Kyvin beat him to win the, yeah. the NCAA title. So, um, Kyvin wrestled well and, 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 uh, Kyle, unfortunately had an injury that he couldn't finish the match, but, but Kyvin was in complete control of that match and was wrestling different than I had seen him wrestle in, in years. And I'm not going to take credit for that. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that, but the one thing that we did change was nutrition. And I, I hope that played a part in that. Um, and, um, so it, it's just, uh, it's a long process and it's something you got to buy into it. You got to go, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat, but this is the way that I do it and it's worked and it's successful. And I think that, you know, from the feedback I've gotten from all the wrestlers and the coaches and the parents, especially the parents is that they're so happy that their kid is eating 4,000 calories and still making weight as opposed to eating 800 calories and struggling to make weight. And that's the difference between what I do. You know, it's about reloading glycogen, reloading the gas tank. We talk about this all the time. You know, you know I want these guys, I want, to worry about their weight for them. I want them to worry about wrestling. I want them to not be sitting there two days before stressing out about, Oh my God, I'm not going to make weight. I want them thinking about, you know, what counter move they're going to do when a guy shoots on them or what they're going to, you know, just to wrestle. And I don't want them to have to pace themselves. I want them to be able to go full speed the entire time and not have to worry about gassing out. And when you step on the mat, if you guys wrestled or competed, you step on the mat when you have all that other stuff cloud in your brain, you know, trying to conserve energy, thinking about when you should ride because you want to be able to go hard at the last period or whatever. There's a lot of things that go into it that really can affect how you wrestle. And the one thing I want to take out of that equation for these guys is worrying about their weight management. So that's how I think me and me and Kaivin, you know, we started as a, you know, um, 
client nutritionist relationship. And I think it's evolved into a friendship. And I'd say the same about Chris. And I think that's the one thing that, that is the difference between being successful and not, you have to have a relationship where you care about these guys and, uh, and they don't want to disappoint you when they come in. And sometimes that's overwhelming for them. Um, and I can see the look on their face when they come in, they're nervous about scan or whatever, but you have to have a little bit of that if you want them to do well and, and be consistent with things. And so, um, it's the same thing. I don't want to let Kyvan down or Chris down. And I don't think that those two want to let me down. So it's not just about the science and the food and all that stuff. It's about relationships as well. And I, and I feel like uh, we do a really good job of creating good relationships. And if anything, I probably have a hard time drawing the line between my customers and my friends. We, we all become friends at some point, which is good and bad because then when you become, <laughs> when you become friends, then they're like, Oh, I don't care if I disappoint this guy anymore. He's just, <laughs> so, I don't know about that. Yeah, but um, it it can change things, but it, it's good. And I, I, I appreciate the relationships that we've built with these guys. So, well, so, from just from speaking in a, in a non-athletic, non-Olympic way, I'll, I'll handle that side of the, of the equation. Uh, Joey's spot on. It, it, even for somebody who's battled weight problems his entire life, to, to walk in there and, and, and think to yourself to, to get it out of your head that you're, you know, you, you should eat less and, and I'm working out really hard and so on. And then you go in there and he tells you, you're not eating enough. You're not eating enough. It, that's a hard thing mentally to wrap your head around because you've been so ingrained for years that that's not how that works. And even a year within this process, there are times where I will step off that scale and that number has done a, that number on that scale has done a number in my head so bad that joy will, will t- I mean, there's been a couple of times I've, I've kind of broke down cause I just don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I understand it, but I don't, it's hard. It's, it's hard mentally to, to, to wrap your head around that. So, uh, but to Joey's point, there are times where it clicks and most of the time it does click and you see a difference you, and, and it's not something that is a quick fix for sure. Right. It's it, you're in it for the long haul. Uh, well, and I think the hardest thing, you know, for people at home that aren't working with a nutritionist or somebody is that you use the scale to measure your success. Right. So you're looking at a number on the scale. If the, if the pounds go down, you think, Hey, I did a great job. If the pounds go up, you think you did a bad job. Well, what if you put muscle on though and lost fat and gained some weight, right? You, that, that's a great thing. That's a, that's a good positive thing, but you don't know that unless you actually are looking at all the numbers and you know what kind of weight you're taking off or putting on. Same with losing weight. You know, if you lose 10 pounds of fat and 10 pounds of muscle and you lost 20 pounds, you think that's good, but all you did right there is kill your metabolism. And now you're going to have that rebound effect. You know, I was, I was on a show a couple of years ago and there's so many things that cause problems, right? There's a magazine article that comes out about a fad diet every single week. Well, I heard on Oprah that this is, this is the way to do it. I heard on Dr. Oz, this is the way to do it. I don't watch Oprah. I've never watched Oprah. (laughs) I don't believe it for a second. (laughs) Oh, you're an Ellen guy. Right. Yeah. Ellen. Ellen's my favorite. There you go. I'll I'll stand for no Ellen slander on this podcast. But yeah, I think, you, you know, you combat a lot of things and what you hear on the internet, what you read in a magazine, what you see on TV, there's all these different messages. And at the end of the day, it's about figuring out the right macros for everybody. And um, I was on this show a couple of years ago and um, we did call-ins and, and they said, you know, isn't it just calories out, you know, calories in and, and it's not. 
It's, you know, you can get the same amount of calories eating a Big Mac uh, as you can eating four chicken breasts, but it doesn't process the same way in your body, you know? And so it's not about calories in and calories out. It's about where those calories are coming from and what kind of calories, you know, what kind of quality calories they really are. I appreciated what you said too about uh, about hydration and proper hydration because I think a lot of times people really feel like like water becomes sort of you know an, an empty weight gainer. I, I know I someone for me who my physical activity isn't isn't working out. I do a lot of of you know hiking, backpacking, and reminding myself to stay hydrated when I, when I'm out there is is more important than anything because you you are burning through a ton of calories when you're out there. When you do like a weekend backpacking trip and you can burn through calories like you can't when you're at home during the rest of the week. Uh, but also just kind of remembering that that the hydration part of it, how key that is, and I think sometimes it's it, it's a quick way that maybe people try to like shortcut there, I guess. It's huge. And, you know, the thing about it, and I don't, again, I don't want to get too scientific, but when you're talking about a wrestler and athlete, you know, it takes three molecules of water to hold one molecule of glycogen and glycogen is your gas tank, right? Mm-hmm. So when you start dehydrating, whether you want to, or your attentions are doing it or not, you start draining that gas tank again. And, and so there's no way scientifically to hold in that glycogen. And so that's like I said, but it's funny when you talk to wrestlers, because None of them talk about water in ounces or gallons or half gallons. They talk about it in pounds. I had two pounds of water today. I had three pounds of water today. And, and again, I'm like, then I'm trying to compute it into ounces. Okay. That's 48 or whatever, you know, I'm trying to compute it. And so, uh, but that is the key. And then again, if you do have to go a little bit old school with your weight cut, you know, a gallon of water is seven pounds. And so you always have that insurance policy a little bit to where if we do got to sweat some off, we can. But again, that goes back to what we said originally is that, you know, they always struggle with that last two or three pounds and it's because they're already dehydrated and they just can't, their body doesn't want to release any more water. So then that water has a lot to do with inflammation in your body. It has a lot to do with processing the protein and the foods that you're eating. I mean, um, coach Volmec, you at Waukee, um, did a testimonial for me and he said, you know, we have every supplement store in, in the city coming in, trying to sell us stuff and, and tell us this, buy this, take this, take this. And he's like, I come in here and you tell me to, the biggest thing to do is drink water, which is free. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so he's like, you automatically had credibility because you weren't trying to sell something and, and you're talking about water and, and anybody can get that. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy how much stuff that water is in control of and what it does to your metabolism, weight loss and, and all sorts of things. So Kevin, what, what were maybe, you know, you mentioned... <laughs> It, it took a hundred days or whatever of, of working with Joey. Um, yeah. But so you, I mean, you grew up in a wrestling family, right? You grew up that this wasn't something necessarily new to you, but it was right. different maybe than what it was. Right. So, so what is it that Joey is, is doing with you that, that is different than maybe what you experienced growing up or, you know, your high school wrestling career in Waterloo or whatever um, that has changed the way you think about all of this. Um, well, I would say it's probably a mixture of things, but like I watched my brother in in high school. He rest he he played football at 180 pounds, and then he would wrestle. Um, he would he would cut and wrestle at 135. What's that? He, How, what did he cut? He was at he he'd wrestle. He played football at 185 and was like a, a, a good football player and would be at 185 and then he would cut 
to 135. That's and, crazy. Um, it was ridiculous. Like I'm talking about like watching his body change was just like, and like he like in and then I watched him quit um because he no longer had the love for it. Um, I think obviously from you know certain reasons. And um I know when I got to high school, um I did a little bit of cutting my sophomore freshman and sophomore year, and then my dad was like, Hey, just focus on wrestling. So I went from 125 to 145 to 171 to 189. In my two years, I won state titles. I didn't cut any weight at all. Um, and so it was like there was lessons learned, you know, at the expense, essentially, at the expense of my brother, right? Um, and so I never was a big fan of cutting weight because I, I didn't have to do it to see success, right? Um got to eat whatever I wanted, but I was, you know, young, happy kid, whatever, you know, you can put some stuff in your body that just metabolizes and whatever, whatever. Um, so it was just like what Joey's done is he's brought essentially science to me. It's like, Hey, this, the way you were doing it isn't as efficient as how I'm telling you to do it. Like, do you think about like, you know, you train hard, right? Like, you know, you, you get up and you run, you know, you get up and you, you do all the wrestling workouts, you do the extra, right? So why is it that you're still getting tired? I'm like, I don't know. Like I need to do more, right? Like that's what, like, that's what your, your mind tells you. Like you got to do more. Okay. So then I'm gonna go back and do more. But if I'm not taking care of the nutrition piece, the more doesn't matter, right? Like um, I, I, I try to think of it as like Charmin, Charmin, you know, like less is more, you know, (laughs) <laughs> um, and so it's like let's be let's be efficient you know let's be let's optimize how you're eating what you're putting in your body um so that you're you're more efficient in um I think that's the biggest thing is like I'm not trying to think for myself is like okay like if I put it in here like okay this makes sense it just makes it makes sense and I and I feel better I just overall you know, I, I feel better. So with that, I'm, I'm like at peace that I'm doing what, what's right. You know, like I'm watching my body change, um, and, and, and all those things. So it's just, uh, it's been, it's been really positive for me. I know, um, going back where, when you were talking about cutting and things like that, I I always have a vivid memory of when I was in high school. Well, first I actually got asked to be on the wrestling team when I was a freshman and I decided I wanted to be the heavyweight because then I thought I didn't have to cut. Right. So, and I, and I think I made it through one practice. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in the Lincoln high school gym on the South side of Des Moines, but they have this gym that's a roundhouse that has stairs that goes up and down and up and down and around. And my very first practice, we had to run stair laps, 20 stair laps. And then we went in and then we lifted for like a half an hour. And then after that, we went into the wrestling room and the wrestling coach walked in and said, okay, we're going to start practice. And I was like, what the fuck? What have we been doing for the last hour and a half? <laughs> you can swear on here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. shit. I didn't even know that. I, I've Joey, been, I've been good. Joey, I've been drinking too. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. I just text my, well, I better not say that. I text someone to make me a drink right now. <laughs> so, um, 
So yeah, I went home and I thought I rethought my life choices on that deal. And I was like, that seems like a terrible idea, but I regret that. Right. Like I, there was, I, I regret quitting that. Cause I think I probably, uh, that would have changed probably my life when I was a kid as being, you know, fat and, and, and not doing a lot and not being very active, but yeah. There was a guy in my high school that uh, he was in my homeroom and I'll never forget. He came walking in homeroom. And this was when you, I guess you had to weigh in the morning. You would weigh in the morning of the, yeah. of the day of the meet. It was great. Yeah. yeah. So he, he come walking in, he was in that silver suit Yeah. and he was uh, sweating. I mean, he was poured in sweat walking in homeroom with a bag of McDonald's. His mom, he had made weight because he had went running all morning doing those stair laps. And then he had made weight and his mom had met him there right before school with McDonald's. So, and he was scarfing egg McMuffins in the, in the middle of the homeroom. And I thought, man, I, no way. I like, I, but I, I completely unhealthy. I mean, you look back at that and those unhealthy practices and so on of cutting those weights and things like that. So, and I would imagine Joey, that was a lot that you probably fought probably with some old school coaches and things like that. Right. Have you ran into that? Oh yeah. And it still is. And again, you know, you're, they're coming to me and they don't know me from anybody else. And so you're asking for a lot of faith to, you know, I tell these kids drink this much water, eat this much food. I don't want to script somebody's program and then they don't know me from Adam. So they're nervous about doing it. I still run into it, but in all honesty, that's why I started, you know, I was going to walk away from the athletes um, doing athlete nutrition three years ago. And then, uh, Coach Mitchell made it a lot of fun again and really believed in the process and believed in me. And then we started seeing the results and what we were doing. And then, you know, I started thinking about it. And just like Kyvin said with his brother, you know, we lose way too many good wrestlers and athletes because of the process that they have to go through. You know, it's the same with all these kids these days. If you, you got to pick one sport to play in, you know, baseball players in particular, if you're a pitcher, they're throwing over and over and over. And before they even get to the college level, they've thrown their arm out. And we just lose so many great athletes because of this old school mentality. And again, I'm from old school, so I get it. And I think it made, made a, a lot of kids tougher than what they would have been because they had to go through a lot of this kind of stuff. But again, I, I just think we lose too many good athletes and there's so much pressure on these kids nowadays to be the best. And it's hard to even play a sport. You know, I grew up in a town where you could play every sport and, and start because the school was small and it's just not that way anymore. And so you really have to dial in in what you want to do and pick one or two sports and then go after it. And I hate to watch these kids quit or Chris, just like you said, you know, that might've changed your, your life had you stuck with it. And, and the biggest, the biggest thing that, that um, frustrates me is that kids just don't realize, and we do because we're, we're the, the, what is it? Uh, old, old man strength. Yeah. We're the old man strength. <laughs> If we say it a hundred times, Joey, if people would just listen to us, that we wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't be any problems. But I, I sit here and I look at these kids and I'm like, you don't understand if you quit right now, how much you're going to regret it when you're 45 years old and you're, it'll haunt you and in, in for the rest of your life. And so I'm just trying to find a healthier, better way. And if I can make a small impact with these guys and make them love the sport and make the weight cuts easier and more enjoyable. And the, the competition level goes up. Right. And you look at like UFC or you look at all these, all the boxing, all these things, everyone's moving up a weight class right now, mm -hmm. because let's just be honest with about like a com from a common sense perspective, right? You take two kids at 140 pounds, you cut them both down to 126. What's the point? Why don't you just let them both wrestle at 140 at full strength 
and and have a better match and let them enjoy the sport but instead you make these miserable weight requests or these guidelines that these kids got to follow they hate the sport by the time they're however old right Kevin, like your brother and then we lose them and and it just doesn't make any sense anymore and so the smart way is to do it the right way find out the right weight class you don't have to cut into muscle just get rid of the fat make them healthier make them enjoy it make it something that's attainable and the sport gets better and so that's really what i'm trying to do and and um um, with the wrestler from a wrestling perspective anyway and uh hopefully hopefully it's working a little bit yeah well I, you, you know you talk about that because these kids are are growing so much through high school too i swear to god there were years in high school where just my natural growth and change you know, I was gaining 20 pounds in a year, you know, yep. I even mentioned what he started wrestling out to where he finished You know, I'd mentioned Ben Shirk. He, he started off at 103. I think he finished at, at 140 and he was probably still too lean at that for how much he had grown and changed trying to maintain that over your career. But even just the course of a season feels uh, a little ridiculous when I look at it in hindsight, you know, at the time it, I, I get it, but, well, first of all, I, you couldn't keep anything in my fridge. I barely weighed anything and I was eating everything under the sun in high school. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can't imagine what some of these kids uh, have have tried to do or, you know, the, the sacrifices they've made that just doesn't even, you know, it's not, not only is it not healthy, it's just not logical. Yeah. And wrestling is a whole different animal that you're dealing with, right? Because I mean, even look at like, there's a 106 weight, uh, pound class in, in high school and the, the lowest weight in college is 125. So why keep your kid down at 106 when if they're a good wrestler and they go to college, they're going to have to bump up to 125 anyway. Why don't you get yeah. them used to that? Let them grow, develop, right? And then the other thing that always makes me smile and it's really frustrating is that look at a lot of the old school wrestlers, right? They're all five foot five and stocky no matter what weight class they're at right mm -hmm. that's not coincidence that's not something that that just happens and you got to be a good wrestler you're going to be five five and 160 pounds of muscle and no fat you've stunted their growth over over a period of time <laughs> is what you've done and you look at their parents their dad comes walking in and he was a football player or something you know he's six foot tall and then you got a kid who's five five well they started cutting their weight when they were in eighth grade or you know even younger than that i mean these kids are starting when they're eight years old and it's a re there's a reason they're in growth patterns there and then you take their nutrition away while well, you're stunting their growth right and and so there's a lot of long-term effects here that that need to be corrected in my opinion and again some people do it the right way but there's a lot of people doing it the wrong way and i think i think that you just you need to let these kids be kids you need they need to be at the right weight classes i'm not saying that it's a bad thing to cut weight um if it's if it's healthy and, and doing it the right way so you're not damaging the kids overall health but there's a lot of people that don't. And so I'm just, uh, I'm excited. I think, I think it's catching on, you know, we went down and, and talked with um, all the coaches at the national convention a couple of years ago. And um, a lot of them are, are listening and paying attention. And I think, you know, um, there's a lot of people in the NWCA that want to change the certification uh, rules. And again, that scares the old school coaches because they have a way of doing things. They don't want people coming in rocking the boat, but um, we can make it better. Yeah. So Kyvin, when we were talking about, he was talking about like those kids that are at 106 and having to transition into college to 125. 
for you moving into college, you, your dad was a wrestling coach, right? He, he coached you in, in high school. So what was that like to move from high school into college and some of those differences and what you had to adapt to when you moved over into college? Um, I think the biggest thing, because I think my dad did a good job, um, is he put me around a bunch of people even when I was in high school. So I wasn't, I never was like the best guy in the room. And so even getting to college, right? Like you're coming into college and my first live practice was with John Reeder, who was a, a national champion in 2011, right? And so it was like, whoa, it was like, a, again, it was like another wake up call. But my senior year of high school, I had Akeem Carter, who was um, multiple time national champ for Wartburg. Um, Mike Van Arsdale, who was the NCAA champ for um, Iowa State back in the day, would come in the room and beat me up in bare feet, you know, like, <laughs> so um, I think the biggest thing that that was the adjustment was just the consistency of the grind, you know, um, and adjusting to what what college life is, because when you get to college, everything changes, right? You don't have you're no longer in your parents' house. Like you don't have your parents' rules. You're you're your own adult, right? But you're just a young adult. And so, you know, all the things that maybe were structured for you before, like my one of the rules my dad had was um, at bedtime, you take the phone and you put it on the table, right? Like, so you're not texting, you're staying up all night. Um, my God, I'm so old. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm the so idea old. of having a phone in high school. Seems yeah. So and that and this is how old I am, right? Is we were on like set 250 text messages. <laughs> right? Like that, but now like everything's unlimited. So it was just like it was an adjustment to like the lifestyle in like making sure like okay, yes, you say you want to do these things, but are you living the lifestyle necessary to do these things? You know, like you say you want to be an NCAA champ, but are you going out, you know, staying out late, eating crazy? What, you know, like, what are your, what are, what are your habits and your routines look like? And so I thought my dad did a pretty good job um, in terms of coaching and preparing me um, in terms of technically and stuff, but there were still some things I needed to learn for myself in terms of just growing up and maturing into um, a young man that is like, okay, like now you're making your own decisions. Dad doesn't, can't make the decisions for you he can't set your curfew for you you know like I I was making my own decisions and so um I think a wiser me would have listened to some of the stuff he said to not do and whatnot but you know you can learn from mentors or mistakes and and when you have a certain level of an ego you, you usually choose to learn from um mistakes and so some of the lessons were hard and um, I, I've grown from them, and so I'm proud, um, and I'm and I'm, I'm happy with what happened in college um, because, you know, like I, I dealt with a good amount of stuff and was over, I was able to overcome, um, and so yeah. Yeah, no, I man, I don't think I maybe slept a normal night of sleep that first year of college. Yeah. I don't think I ate a normal schedule. You know, for someone who ate three regular meals all growing up, I probably made it to breakfast maybe 
you know, half a dozen times my first semester of college, like nothing about college, no matter how many good habits or what you were taught growing up, I think sticks with you in any way when you're, when you have that newfound sense of freedom, I think at all. (laughs) No rules. Yeah. Then that dude comes in from that one commercial. He's like, there's one rule. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was just like, it was like, there's a bunch of of freedom, right? Like, and you get to make your own decisions. And if you haven't been making your own decisions or you don't really know how to, you don't really know. I didn't, I can't speak for everyone, but I didn't know how to self-manage at the level of, an elite caliber person when I got to college. Um, and so it's something that I still work on daily, um, self-managing um, everything from nutrition. Um, but I have like the accountability people, right? Like if I don't fill my stuff out, occasionally Joey will be like, Hey, he'll hit me up. Like, Hey, what's going on? You know, like, um, so like I send him pictures of my food and um, it just, it makes ha- the, the love, the accountability it's easier when you have someone like, okay, like you can send it. Right. Um, and you're not just holding yourself accountable to yourself. Right. Like if, if you tell yourself, okay, I'm gonna go do this, but then you wake up and you don't feel well, like, ah, okay, I'm not going to do it. But like, if you have an accountability person or someone that's expecting you and relying on you, uh, it, it becomes easier for whatever reason that is. I I've talked about, um, previously, kind of the same thing Kyvin for me it's not necessarily holy accountability but more of my fear of failure like I, I'm so afraid of failure that it motivates me to not quit that there there's been certain times where I've been sick of eating the same thing over over two or three weeks uh, I'm, I'm over this whole process or whatever else I, and I'll wake up the next morning and I'll be like well what are my options I've got one of two options. I can quit and I know immediately where I'll be if I quit and that scares the hell out of me. Right. Or I guess I'm getting up in the morning and I'm going to the gym. Yeah. You know, and I, and I went, I, this morning was a good example. It was minus 11 degrees. I don't know, some ungodly thing. Uh, Joey doesn't go to the gym with me at noon anymore because he hurt himself. Right. So I got to get up at <laughs> old, old guy. I'm an old guy. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so, you know, I'm getting up at four 30, I'm going to the gym and it, I, I, I literally like debated for 20 minutes laying there. Like I know if I don't get up and go right now, I will talk myself out of it later on in the day. I'll find a reason not to want to go. Yeah. And the fear of, I, a lot of it was, is I had a really good, I had a really good two weeks of results. And do I want to screw that up now when I'm on such a good roll? No, I don't want to do that because I don't want to go in there on Saturday and then and look at Joey in the face and go, you're giving me all the tools. And I and I got up this morning and decided I want to go for two or three days. And I I think everybody has to realize, too, that it's not always about perfection. It's just about progress. Right. There's going to be a couple of times when there's going to be some hiccups and life happens and is what it is. And and it's always funny for me to, to hear everybody, like everybody's motivated for a different reason, right? Like Kevin's motivated because he's going, he's going to get gold. Chris, you're motivated because you don't want to fail. Like everybody has, you got to find that motivation factor, right? Like what pushes you to, to be the best you can be. And, and there's no right or wrong answer there. 
but everybody has different motivators. And I'm going to always hear everybody say, you know, talk about other people like, oh, I wish I had that problem. I wish that I had a problem not being able to gain weight. I wish I had that problem. I wish I had that. Well, everybody has something different, right? Like Chris, you've been, you've had some health issues that you've, you've made it through and, and had to struggle with and, and that nobody knows what that's like to go through unless you've actually lived it. Right. right. Well, so everybody thinks, well, Kevin's got it easy. He's going to Iowa State. He's got a full ride. He's got whatever, you know. I wish I was Kevin. Well, think about the pressure that Kevin has. When you go from high school and having fun, I go to Iowa State or to a D1 college. It's a business now. There's a lot of pressure on you, and there's expectations that you got to deliver. And so would I want that? Hell no. I don't want that kind of pressure. And so everybody always wants to hear everybody else's shoes, but until you walk a mile in those shoes, you don't really know what that person goes through. So I think, I think it's just always interesting to hear everybody's motivating factors and, and what they've been through in life, because who's to say that anybody's pressure is worse than someone else's or what they've been through is harder than somebody else. And so at the end of the day, it's about surrounding yourself with good people. Like he said, accountability, right? It takes a tribe to, to, to raise someone. And when you surround yourself with good people, good things happen. And, and so I'm just, I'm very thankful that I've met Kevin and you, Chris, both um, just because you've made me a better person as well. And so I think there's a lot that goes into this. It's not just always about nutrition. It's not just always about the individual. It's about, you know, the group and, and who you got for accountability, who you got to be there when you really need someone. There's a lot of things that go into this. I think, you know, during this pandemic, when we've been trying to stay socially distanced and, and you know, a lot of gym shut down or whatever, I think that's been particularly hard for a lot of people is having the accountability thing. I was all proud of myself this summer because I actually got down to uh, my driver's license weight because uh, <laughs> no one weighs what they say they put on the driver's Do they still put that on there? <laughs> they still put, I've always wondered, honestly, I've always wondered how much you could exaggerate because no one's ever like weighing you or checking anything, right? You know, I'm five foot six. I wonder how far I could stretch this. Could I say that I was like five foot 10? And like 220 pounds or something like that before someone calls me on this. I got to, I got to test this out, but, but it does yeah, no. not. However, it does not have the weight on. I just checked. Oh, mine, <laughs> mine does. And in, in Minnesota, they still do. They well, still, yeah, they took it off in Iowa. They don't want to uh, discriminate. Oh, right. Well, well in Iowa, in Minnesota, they still do. And I was proud because I was finally back down to my, my driver's license weight. <laughs> um, but then this winter I have gained it all back and then some because i'm not well first of all it's minnesota we it, it's not warm i'm not going outside unless i absolutely have to uh i could work out in my basement but you get up in the morning and it's cold and, and it kills you and you don't <laughs> it's cold in the basement it's cold in the basement right and and you don't have that that accountability person um you you know i don't have someone that I can go on a bike ride with or go on a walk with or whatever. And, you know, I thought having a dog would make me go on more walks, but again, it's freezing cold. I'm not doing <laughs> um, even, well, my dog, I rescued my dog from Alabama. She doesn't want to go outside either. She, she, I oh. open the door. She looks out there. She looks at me. She just shakes her head and runs back upstairs to her kennel. She's like, I don't oh. blame her. You took her from <laughs> where it was warm up to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, but, it, you know, it is definitely one of those things where having someone else, I, I, again, that's not going to make you feel guilty, but it's just going to hold you uh, accountable or someone else that you even just. You're, you're, you're right. And there, I mean, there's even stats behind that that say, you know, like <clears throat> when a, a couple comes in and they do the plans together, 
the success rate of a weight loss plan for an individual is like 40%. It might even be lower than that now that I'm talking about it. But when you add, you know, a friend or your wife or husband or whatever it might be, um, your chances go up to 80% and it's keeping each other, uh, each other accountable, but it goes both ways, right? So it's the same as if your partner then says, Hey, let's go have pizza and you want to eat good. You're going to cave in to go and eat in the pizza, <laughs> yeah, that's have a, you know, a side salad. So, and a so that's a weekly occurrence in our house, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's worse is when you go in there and one of us has a really good assessment and the other one doesn't, and you get back in the car and you're not quite sure what to say. <laughs> right. <What's even> doing? <laughs> right. No, I, I mean, you, you know, you're super excited maybe you're, about your success but you know you really can't say anything because the other one's super pissed in the it's car. horrible i have couples that come in and, and they came in together over the first like three assessments mm-hmm. and then they split off and they come in individually because they don't want to <laughs> deal with that so joey i wanted to ask you and and, and kevin I'll, I'll let you chime in on this too uh former athletes right so we've had uh a former professional football player on here who has talked about how you know he's he's struggled because he got used to a certain level of physical activity and a certain ability to to throw on calories and have that not affect him or even just not calories and weight gain but just when you're busy all the time you can kind of get away with 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 you know just different habits and, and different behaviors uh, is that something that that you see and, and Kevin, is that something that you maybe kind of had to adjust? You mentioned taking some time off of wrestling after uh, after college. Like how how quickly maybe are, are you you noticing that change or how easy is it to, to fall into those habits? Uh, and, and what has it been like to try to get back into good habits? Um, it's always harder to get back into good habits. The bad habits come easy. Um If you think, I think about like this, right? Like if I'm super disciplined, right? To achieve a goal, once that goal is achieved, it's like, okay, now I can enjoy myself, right? So if, for example, if I'm like, all right, I, I'm not going to drink until after my Olympic season, right? Um, more than likely after my Olympic season, if I'm going to drink, I'm probably going to drink probably a little bit more than I should. Right. Like that's, that's where the binge drinking and stuff comes in. Like that's what what you see. So um, I think it's important to have a balance, right? Like even with, with Joe, right. He's like, okay, um, we're going to do this, this, and this, but then every once in a while you get to give yourself a cheat meal or enjoy yourself. Right. So that you don't go all the way off the rail, like, because once you like, because once you get it spiraling, it's like, it's a snowball. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's important to be disciplined, but to still enjoy yourself while being disciplined, right? Like, if you try to take away everything from, from yourself, then at some point, whether you're dealing with something at home, whether you're dealing with work, stressors, whatever, you're going to be like, you know what, I'm stressed. I need, I need this to, you know, ease my mind or whatever. Right. And then you do that and then you just keep going down that, that, that path. So um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a mixture, it's a mixture of stuff, but it's super easy. Like, I mean, the most I've weighed 
or like on the scale is like 245, right? Like um, yesterday when I scanned, I was two, 240. Um, yesterday? Two, 19, 19, 219. Yeah. Oh, uh, my bad. Say, <laughs> like, holy crap, dude. Um, sure, he's like, it, I got to go. We got to go check some numbers. Yeah. <laughs> um and so it's like it's it's important right because he and joe's joe's even said to me because i can get i mean i can get big really quick like i love i love food i love i love food and i mean you honestly, and me kyvin man you and me are uh, the same yeah i knew i had something in common it's, it's, so, it's so easy to in, enjoy those things and to continue to enjoy those things um but it's like at what cost are you enjoying those things, right? Like if someone said like, hey, Kyvin, if you keep eating like this, you're not going to be around to see your daughter turn 18. Would I keep eating like that? You know, um, that would that would, that would would probably be a no, right? Um, if someone were to just break it down, like, look, if you continue doing this, I can guarantee you this is the end result. Um, but I don't, I don't know if people see it, see it like that. Right. And maybe I'm uh, aggressive in my thought process. Right. Um, but like, I watched my dad, you know, like he, he didn't get to see me turn 21 and he was a phenomenal athlete. Um, and was like, I don't know if you saw the, there's a picture that Dan Gable museum posted, a um, maybe like a week ago. And he was just like, he was like all leaned up and trimmed up and just, big old shoulder traps and all those things. And um, I don't know if that was the reason why he got cancer because of, you know, like habits, because again, like I said, he was, he was disciplined when he was disciplined. Right. And they cut weight like crazy back in those days, like just ridiculous amounts. And so then when you get done, it's like, all right, you know, like, I, I dedicated myself to this task for this long. Now I'm going to enjoy myself. And was him enjoying it? He, he didn't drink. He didn't smoke. Um, but was him enjoying himself and just allowing himself to, you know, eat, you know, the butter pecan ice cream when he wanted, the sweet potato pies, you know, things like that, right? Like, did those contribute to, um, you know, his his him dying before the age of 60? I don't know. I would have to think that, probably, you know, and so those are things I have to have to look at because even Joe's like, hey, you got to promise me you're not going to get over a certain weight when you're when you're done competing. I'm like, ah. but like <laughs> in my head, I know that if I do allow that to happen, that I'm I'm putting myself in a situation where my health is going to be a, a question mark for me. And I don't I don't think I want that situation. So I think um, I'm going to have to stay, keep a certain level of discipline, you know? It's easy. It's very easy to, to let that slide. And, and I, I at one point was 460 pounds in 2007. And then I had, uh, it was kind of the same deal. I, I, I woke up one morning and I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I, I, I can't live like this. I'm not going to see my kids graduate high school uh, to the point where it was so bad. I couldn't even, I had a hard time reaching around just to, to, to clean myself. I mean, that's just brutally honest. And, and that's a, that's a pure moment where it's just you and 
and your own yeah. self worth. So, I mean, I, I had gastric bypass surgery and ended up getting down to 195 pounds to the point where people told me I looked sick yeah. and I should gain weight. And that was like gain weight. Like, I, you know, I can't, I can't gain weight. Um, but there was probably a two or three year period there where I was at a healthy weight of about 210, 220. And I thought I was fine, you know, I, and you just start to gradually loosen up and, and do what you said. And, you know, nine years, seven years later, I was at 330 pounds and staring right back at it again, you know, um, but you I had always get, thought you get that comfortable. You get comfortable. Right, yeah, I get comfortable. I, you know, there's no way I'll ever be 300 pounds again. There's no way I'll ever see that again. I, I remember when I got below 300, I said to myself, I'll never see that weight. I'll never see that number again. I'll never see it again. Uh, and you fool yourself, right? Like you, I, I, I was in a good spot for a long time. And part of it was, is I'd lost my job. I was working at Wells Fargo. I'd lost my job. I think I was like 235 or something. And I ended up getting hired back at Wells Fargo, but I was in the office. I wasn't at home. It wasn't the same exact job. And I think I was at that job three months. I sat there and I ate at my desk every single day. I was so miserable Yeah. that when I left that job, I was at 280 mm-hmm. and I was like, holy shit, you know? And at that point, then it was just, it was game on. Like I, it was out of my mind. I just, so same deal. I mean, it can slip it can sneak up on you. So it's, it's a, it's, it's a totally mental thing. I'll never forget when I went through gastric bypass and they sent me to, um, they made you go to like a psychiatrist and so on. And I was like, go to this psych. Why, you know, I, once I get, once I lose all the weight, all my problems will be gone. Right. And once I, physically I'll be fine. I'll, you know, I, uh, it'll cure all my problems and that, that doesn't work. Right. And it doesn't work. And I, and I like, I watched my dad. Um, he was probably like 295 um, when I was in high school. And then I watched him say, he, he was like, I'm going to get healthy because if I don't, I'm not going to be around. Right. And he starts taking his nutrition seriously again, you know, because he has the discipline. It's always there. Right. It's just a matter of if you're going to tap into it. Right. And so he starts getting healthy. Um, my freshman year of college, he gets down to 215. He's like, I'm good right here. Cause that's probably, that's literally probably what he weighed when he was um, in college. Or, but he wrestled 177. So here's, here's this like photo of him. Oh, awesome. wow. that's great. And um, this is when he was at um, the Juco, which was Nassau. But he was 190. That was a weight class he wrestled. So he probably walked around at 205, 210, maybe 215. And so he got down to 215. He was he he felt good. He was like, you know, moving better, everything. And then someone mentioned, like, hey, coach, are you still live, losing weight? He's like, nah, you know, I'm good, you know. And he had gotten down to 205 and didn't know why he was still losing weight, right? And that's that's the only thing that made him go into to the doctor um and that's when everything you know st- started happening and so it's like if you don't make the decision today right you're gonna put it off right and 
possibly him putting off that decision possibly could have cost him his life. Now, I don't know for sure, right? But there's probably always times where he thought about making that decision and just like, ah, you know, like I'm good, you know, like I can still move around. I can still do what I'm doing. You know, I'm coaching. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I love giving back to these kids. Um, and just, you know, you get caught up in life. And so, I don't know, there's a, there's a lot to sift through, especially when you're like, a, like I'm an emotional eater, right? Like, I'm like, like, yo, like something's like off, right? I'm like, you know what? Let me go, let me go get something out that'll like taste good. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, Ky- when Kylan got injured down in Austin this uh, winter, um, that night I, I texted him right away and, and told him I started to see that and, and if there's anything I could do. And he sends me a picture. And he's got a, what was it, a quart of ice cream on his on his stomach? And I was like, you better be using that to be icing yourself and not eating that. And uh, he just laughed, giggled. Kevin's got a great laugh, so it always, it always makes me smile. But Kevin, when you talk about taking things to the extreme, right? I told him one night, I was like, you can have a cheat meal. I was like, go ahead and have a bowl of ice cream or whatever. Kaiman doesn't have a bowl of ice cream. He has a quart of ice cream. He has a Domino's pizza. Like, I can't remember what he all had, but when he does it, he does it right. (laughs) And uh, that's kind of the way he does it. I watch him. (laughs) That's right. I watch him. I just watch him with everything he does in life. And whether it's, you know, wrestling, coming back from his injury, um, you know, uh, being a a good father to his daughter, whatever it is, he's 100% in. But it's the same with his cheat meals. When he has a cheat meal, he's 100% (laughs) in, man. He hits it hard. So, oh man. But to answer to back to your point earlier, Kaiman's just an elite athlete, and you do see this with with the great athletes. Like his response time, recovery times, all the stuff that you look at too with numbers. He is just a he's he's a freak. There's no there's no way around it. Like if Kaiman makes up his mind that he's going to do something, if Kaiman tells me I'm going to win the gold, I believe him because he is just that person and and but like from a from a body comp standpoint and all that stuff I am amazed and I told him this yesterday I'm not just sitting here kissing his ass I told him this I was like dude I I, it's remarkable what you can accomplish in one week like when you really dedicate yourself so like we talk about this all the time it's one goal one result that's what we're going after and and I totally believe Kevin's going to do it and it's not just about the nutrition. It's about everything he does in every aspect of his life. It's when he, when he's in, he goes a hundred percent. And so you got to respect that with this guy, but it's, uh, if I even told you like his number, do you care if I t- tell him like how much muscle you put on last week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. It, it, he put on six pounds of lean body mass in, in one week. And I mean, that's not normal. That's not, that's not the norm. And so, when when Kevin's coming to town, people better take notice because he's not there to to play around. I, no, that's apparently amazing. that that's incredible. I mean, I put on six pounds in a week, but it was not lean muscle mass. I did the <laughs> same thing. Trust me. <laughs> well, one thing that that Chris you touched on and Kevin you touched on um, is kind of that that emotional mental health piece, right? So it's not just that your stress eating or your comfort eating uh but joey there's actually science that says that that your you know kind of your mental state and and your your stress level actually affects the way that that your body performs as well right i mean there's there's actually ways that your body is going to uh 
behave or gain weight or any of those things just based on, on mental health as well. It is. I mean, when you're stressed or you have those kind of issues, there, there's going to be cortisol levels that, that increase. There's going to be all sorts of hormone levels that change, um, things that, that do affect weight gain and weight loss. And I mean, you see this all the time, right? You have people that get stressed out and they lose a ton of weight. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm just stressed right now, right? They, they don't eat. Then you, like Kevin said, there's people that when they stress out, they, they go to food for comfort. So there's all these different things that come into play. And so it's, again, it goes back to that thing we talked about. It's not just about the calories. There's a lot of, a lot of different elements that come into play, but mental health is a big one. And you touched on it earlier with this whole COVID thing and people being, you know, cooped up inside and, and not be able to live their normal lives. They're getting depressed. And I think it shows, you know, with younger kids that aren't in school and, and the depression and the alcoholism and the drug use and all this stuff. I mean, all that stuff comes in into play and that can't, you can't just throw that out when you're talking about nutrition or weight loss or, or muscle gain or whatever, it all comes into play. And there's a lot of really, I mean, Kevin will probably tell you this when he comes in or even Chris, it turns into a psychology uh, session a lot of times. And, and we throw the nutrition part out and we just talk as people and about what's affecting, you know, their life and, and life does happen. And so you got to be understanding it. And like I said, it's not always about, perfection it's about progress and um but the mental health part of it I, I i wish i knew more about it and i wish i could could help people more with that because everybody struggles with like i said a different issue and a different motivator and a different a different problem and so i'm uh that's it's a real thing and and there are some really good sports psychologists out there that do this for a living um and i think just people in general it's good to have someone to go talk to and again that's that surround yourself with good people right Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I was just talking to Stacy this week. It just, uh, I was in kind of a rut um, because it, with the weather and now, and still COVID and not, you know, I, we had, we had uh, two sets of friends over three and a half weeks ago uh, that they literally never leave their house and we had finally decided, you know what, let's, once you guys come over, we'll have some drinks Saturday night. Uh, and the next morning, one of the girls that was here woke up with a sore throat and uh, went and got tested, tested positive. So Stacy and I quarantined for, you know, for 10 days until uh, we had, we got done quarantining. But I said, you know, I, I literally am now at this point getting up, going to the gym. Uh, I go to work. I work in my basement. I don't see anybody all day long. Uh, I come up, I make dinner. I'm, 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 you know, figuring out what I'm eating every day. I'm, I'm staying on point with that. After dinner, we go sit on the couch. We sit there for two hours. Well, I got to go to bed because I got to get up at four o'clock. It's like a never ending cycle and it's mentally exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. And this pandemic has not helped people that have mental health problems the the only thing when everything got first shut down last year the that was probably when i had my best results because at that point i just turned around and said okay well shit i ain't got nothing to look forward to so i might as well look forward to going to see joey every saturday and that was i mean that was pretty much <laughs> It was. You make right? that sound like it's such a horrible thing. Well, so, you know, <laughs> the, only, the only thing I had to look forward to was seeing was Joey on Saturday. <laughs> it was all with love. Yeah, I with all love. It sounded like it. <laughs> well, you know, when I walk in the store and you say, "What the f are you doing here?" I can't imagine why. 
Uh, but no, good. Yeah, I mean that that was that was that was kind of what I just thought. Well, hell, I I ain't got nothing else to do, so I might as well. Uh, I mean, it was almost like I I don't know if you ever seen the movie Boys to Men. When that guy says there ain't nothing else to do in prison but eat and lift weights, I mean that was pretty much all I did was eat and exercise. That was all I did. Some guys do other things in prison, I think, but <laughs> we won't get into that. That's a different episode. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh my That's goodness. a completely different podcast. Oh, <laughs> so, no, well, and I think. I think with this whole COVID thing, it's, it's just not knowing either. I mean, no one really knows the right or wrong answers. It, it, it's a best guess scenario, at least in the beginning it was. And you watch all these people, and this is a whole other podcast too, because I don't want to get off on a tangent with this whole thing. But I mean, I see all we do sorts, that all the time. It's I fine. know. <laughs> I, I, see all, I see all sorts of different people, right? And I have people that come in the store that are avid mask wearers, wherever they go, they wear a mask. I have guys that come to the store that won't wear a mask at all. They'll go to a different business if they have to wear a mask. Like there's all these different, and there's a big division here with all this stuff. And that hasn't helped either. And, and um, you know, like I, I have a friend that I've made over the, over the years now that I worked with and, and his wife has beaten cancer twice at stage four. And um, so they're very cautious about what they do. And Chris, I think I've told you this, they, for eight months, um, she was downstairs. He was upstairs. They were wearing masks at home. They were wearing masks if they would go anywhere. She didn't leave the house and she ended up getting COVID anyway. And she never left the house and they wear masks there. And, and so we, he came in, he was all upset. And, and I, and he was like, you know, we just wasted eight months of our lives right. and, and we could have been, this isn't really living, it's existing. Right. And, right. and so there's all these different views and, and what side of the fence you fall on. It doesn't matter to me. It, it, everybody has the right to do whatever they want to do or believe what they want to believe. But I think it's the not knowing. It just adds that stress. Like, should we really be in the house? Should we be able to go out? Should we wear a mask? Should we not? No one really knows. And when you don't have the answers, it's hard to have an opinion that you can even make sense of yourself, which just causes more stress. So it's been, it's been tough. And I think, you know, we've talked about this too, Chris, is that the average weight gain for people over the holidays is seven pounds. Well, this year it was like 13 because yeah. I, I think of the inactivity and, and just people not, not going out. And, and again, as you brought up the mental health part of it, when they're stressed out and they're, and they're not uh, exercising their brain as well as their body, it just multiplies the problem. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know I, I certainly gained more just cause boy, we sure wanted the holidays to feel like something to feel familiar and, and what's going to feel more familiar than food. So it's not like we cut back food, even though there are less people in the house to celebrate right. the holidays. Right. And, you know, you're still, you know, even if you're not drinking to excess where it's a problem for, you know, alcohol abuse, it's still just more empty calories that are not doing anything for you. It's still just all the other things where it's still, you know, it's not about, uh, stress even it's just about comfort and familiar and 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 you know something that feels more familiar so uh absolutely it's been you know before we started recording chris's nephew said it's been two years and it sure has felt like two years and hopefully it's yeah. not another two years because it's been <laughs> it's been a, you know a nightmare my my daughter is is in kindergarten and she hasn't known anything other than this for school but uh, you know, the long-term effects on, on her mental health for all of this are certainly concerning for me. As well. How are you dealing with that? Like we were, we were talking about this the other day about, you know, my daughter is just turned 13 yesterday 
actually, so I'm feeling super old today, but um, she doesn't have any siblings at home. And so she's been at home by herself every day, all day long. And I've watched this little social butterfly turn into just kind of a secluded, you know, she doesn't get out of her bed. And, and so, but we were talking as bad as that is, you have, you know, kindergarten, first, second grade, where they're learning to read, write, do all the things that we all take for granted, right? Mm -hmm. That, what a terrible age to not be in school and learning. How are you coping with that? Like, do you do, because they're too young to really operate computers or do that kind of stuff, right? Well, well, first of all, no, they're not. You know, I, she's five, but she's been using, you know, a, a tablet to, you know, do whatever for a while. So she's actually figured that out pretty well she's the biggest thing to me that's been a struggle she's been back and forth so they were gonna start the year in person and then they ran into a bunch of staffing shortages and then they started the year at distance and then they went back in and they did a hybrid learning so she spent some time in school and some time at home but then they ran into more shortages and so then they went back to all distance and they started off this semester all in person and then there was a COVID outbreak amongst the bus drivers oh so gosh. they had to pull them back out to to distance so it's been a lot of back and forth uh one blessing i guess is because she is kindergarten she doesn't really know any better right it's not like she's like your daughter who's had years of hanging around her friends right. and so it's a huge disruption for her Whereas my daughter, this is kind of what she knows. Um, uh, but she's gotten really savvy on, on you know, the school district provided tablets. She's gotten really savvy on that. I still, I still sit here with her and I still help her out with things. But she's had to rely on me less and less and less as the year has gone on. And, and I suppose there's a certain benefit that she's actually developed a certain amount of, of literacy. Um, but uh, I... Yeah, it's still been, you know, I mean, she she still has friends. She still has friends at school that she misses. She loves talking to them. Sometimes, uh, you know, they might have a scheduled meeting at one o'clock. Um, but I see half the class jumps on at quarter to one, not because they're worried about missing their one o'clock, but that's just their time to interact and socialize. <laughs> and you, you see five and six year olds. Uh, all there's, you know, there's like 10 of them in a little, you know, Zoom meeting like this, having a little conversation. Um, I, so, you know, it's, it's in some ways just kind of the, the new normal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it's definitely different, right? I mean, it's definitely not the, the childhood that, it, that I was used to. So no, I don't know. Well, well, I don't, it's not like I really have a choice, right? So so we'll figure out how this goes and, and what the rest of the year looks like. I don't know. She'll go back to in-person here soon, and and that'll last until there's another COVID outbreak amongst whatever group of, of, of <laughs> people at the school, and we'll go back. And at, at this point, I feel like I was telling someone today that I feel like like so much of my last year has been living day by day. Like, it's it's hard to make plans. Yeah. So... Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what do you do? You go win a gold medal. Right. <laughs>
Well, okay. So speaking of, I, why don't we go ahead and and take a quick break? And Kevin, if 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 you don't mind sticking around with us a little bit longer, I want to talk about uh, uh, what kind of the future here looks for you, and 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 uh, learn a little bit more about what you're doing to prepare. If that's all right. Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and and take a break. This is where we're gonna have a little word from our sponsor, and we will uh, pop back and chat with you guys in a little bit. Back when I started Deadeye, I knew I wanted to innovate the barbecue game. Since day one, we've offered a premium barbecue product unlike anything else on the market. Great Aunt Irene had something special tucked away on a recipe card in her cupboard, and there was no way we weren't gonna do something about it. So we decided to take it one step further, introducing Deadeye Superfood Barbecue Sauce. We've got five new flavors, graviola, acerola, pink guava, acai, and dragon fruit. They're the first of its kind, and they're packed with flavor. Find it at your local grocer today or at deadeyebbq.com. Welcome back. Once again, this is Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society, brought to you by Deadeye Barbecue Sauce, as you just heard. Please check us out on the web at thetailgatesociety.com. Go ahead and find Chris and I on Twitter at strength underscore old. Chris is side dad, side grad. Uh, I always re- wonder, do I have that backwards? But that's right. It's right? backwards. It's, it's, oh. Side grad, side dad. Ah, see, I, I always screw that up. Okay. I, I am Tim Johnson MN on Twitter. Uh, Kevin, do you want to go ahead and give any social media uh, shout outs you want to give for yourself? I am Gatson Strong, G-A-D-S-O-N Strong across all platforms. I like to keep it consistent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's that is that is good. When you have a name like Tim Johnson, all of the usernames are usually chosen by the time you sign up. I was an early adopter to to Twitter and there were still like seven other Tim Johnsons on there. So that's a smart way to do it. Just keep it, keep it simple. Yeah. I saw, I was, was, and that only reason that came is it came from um, um, when my dad was battling cancer. So I was just like, all right, I'll take that. Well, fantastic. Um, Well, again, uh, Kevin, we don't want to, we don't want to keep you too long, but we did want to talk a little bit about, as you're preparing for the Olympics, how that's going, how that looks different here in the time of COVID. Uh, Just because, boy, nothing is normal right now. Um, But uh, what you're doing and and what that process looks like. Uh, Well, right now I'm in Vail, Colorado. I'm checking in with some doctors. I'm at the Stedman Philippon Clinic. So I'm really excited to see what they say. Um, I'm, I'm pretty positive. I'm gonna get some good news. Um, but yeah, the pandemic slowed some stuff down. It postponed the Olympic games until, um, you know, July and August of 2021. Um, just today it was released that the Olympic trials are not going to be at Penn state university on April 10th and 11th. So, um, trying to, be patient and find out when those are going to be now. 
Um, if they're going to be the same date, are they going to be, where, where's the venue going to be? Um, so it's, um, it's interesting. It, it'll be interesting because everything's still, still kind of up in the air. Um, I thought there was maybe some potential to have them in Iowa city or Coralville again, uh, which it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. So I'm just trying to control the controllables, um, and not become too engulfed in the things that I can't control because it, it stresses me out. Um, and so, um, but training's been, been going good since I've been healing from this injury and been able to pick it back up. Um, I got a great group of people around me, um, whether it's my like counselor or um, my nutritionist, my, my trainer, um, I got I got a lot of great people around me, my coaches. Um, so I'm I'm really positive about where where I'll be heading um, in July of July and August of 2021 if everything goes off um, as I would like it to, as long as it's safe, you know. So what what does what does training for the Olympics look like? Like, what's your typical week? Um, typical week, it'll be like, um, morning workout, uh, morning workout every single day, usually like Monday through Friday. Um, unless like, I'm like feeling like broken down or something. Um, and then afternoon workouts, five, six days a week. Um, it just depends sometimes, uh, get in the sauna, um, just for some, you know, like just to sweat out some, you know, some toxins and uh, things like that. But um, when I got injured in November, the type of injury, like I couldn't do anything, like nothing. <laughs> so it gave me an opportunity to really like reset and really look at stuff and explore different ways to um, get better and do some things that I normally wouldn't get to do. And so it was interesting because it's like you you don't have any choice but to take it right like can't do anything right so like what like there's nothing you know there's like nothing to do um and so it was just like okay well maybe you just need to take this time and you know look at some other things spend time with family, stuff like that. So it was important for me because now I can come back and I'm, I'm refreshed. Right. Mm -hmm. So maybe, maybe because when the pandemic hit, like I stayed at it, stayed consistent. Um, basically, you know, not at the same intensity level, but was still like, um, so yeah, uh, I feel, I feel good about where I'm at uh moving forward i feel good about it how how long had you been training when because i it we're coming up on about i think it was like last march when they postponed mm -hmm. the 2020 games so how long had you been training leading up to that and and maybe what was that like when you found out that it wasn't going to be happening for me honestly it was a relief um i had been dealing with some like injuries and some stuff that i I was going to tell myself I was ready to go, but I don't know if I really was. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so it was like, okay, like you have a year to get healthy, but then you get, <laughs> you get you're healthy, you're feeling great, like everything's clicking, and then you deal with um, something bigger. So then it just like forced me to look at some stuff, like okay, how am I training? What am I doing? Um, but I mean, I've been training for it for, I guess you could say my whole life, but mm-hmm. realistically, like the last four years, you know, ever since the. 2016 olympic trials like you have some breaks here and there but you're still training you know like the goal is to prepare yourself you know for for the olympic games right um and 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 the process to get there is through the olympic trials and i obviously have some quality guys at my at my weight class and um they're very accomplished and uh there's going to have to be a lot of quality wrestling from me and a lot of quality, you know, mind work and everything from me to, um, to put myself on the Olympic team, you know, whenever Olympic trials happen. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine for some guys, certainly like you said, for you, it was great. I get another year to, to get healthy and get ready, but I'm sure uh, for some as well, uh, particularly some of the older guys, I'm sure they were probably feeling like maybe this is my last kind of go mm-hmm. round. This had to have been, uh, you know, a little challenging for them as well. Yeah. Like you saw guys retire, right? Like you saw, I saw um, a couple guys retire. One of the 2016 Olympians um, retired and I was like, Oh man, like, you know, cause it puts people in different situations. Um, and it all depends on like your perspective, right? Like, how, how how do you view it? How can you look at it from maybe a different lens? And so it was just like, okay, like you can't control it. It is happening. So either you can be like, oh man, like this is bad for me. Or you can be like, okay, I have a year to get better. I have a year to grow. Um, and yeah, so for me, I'm just trying to look at it as, okay, I have a year to grow. I have a year to get better, um, mature um, in my thinking process and you know like evolve so i i try to see it as a positive sure i i would imagine it's been you know there's a physical toll too like you've mentioned being injured and, and a lot of those things for, for some folks i'm sure it's it's been do i want to put my body through this uh for a little bit longer chris and i can certainly talk about the recovery time being slow when you're old Mm-hmm. <laughs> like i said i injured myself going downstairs the other day so right <laughs> sometimes it doesn't take a whole lot to injure yourself when you get old but uh um no i i mean i i have to imagine though that you know it's going to be a whole different type of thing just because of the anticipation that's been built up for one more year of all of this and with like you mentioned a whole lot of unknown. You don't know when the trials, when and where the trials are going to be exactly at this point. So I, uh, there's that uncertainty can probably take people a lot of ways, but I think once we figure all of this out, it's going to be kind of a, just a tremendous, uh, just a whole range of, of emotions. And, and I think a lot of relief for a lot of people too. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, people, like, if you think about, like, a gymnast, right, like a gymnast um, where their peaks are, like, 15, 16, 17, 18, right, Mm -hmm. and then you throw them off if they're 17 or 18 and you throw them off for another year, like, 
you know, like it changes their bodies changing things like that. So um, I think in my realm, in my sport, uh, I don't see it as a negative, mm-hmm. um, but like it's different across the board for, for everyone. Um, so yeah, it's, I can only imagine we had a bunch of like talks like through the USOPC um, about, you know, like mental health and, you know, how these things have changed things and, you know, just taking care of, you know, like your, your mind, because it, it is a lot to deal with emotionally, financially, spiritually, you know, even physically. So there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, and so like putting them, putting them all together for the right timing when, some people are on like four-year calendars, right? Like once the Olympics happen, they go on a four-year calendar. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. But So you've wrestled internationally though, right? So you wrestled in the World Cup. What's, what's the difference in wrestling internationally compared to uh, what you, whether you're collegiate or even just, you know, uh, U.S. freestyle wrestling is like what, how how is that different how is there a different approach that you take um there's a lot of there's a lot of intricacies you know there's a lot of little details a lot of little moving pieces right and so for me coming out of college and going to the international styles it's like it's the same sport but it's not the same sport Mm -hmm. um it's just like saying like doubles tennis is the same as singles tennis it's the same sport but it's not the same sport um there's different intricacies the way you move around the court right because you have the reliance on someone else um and things like that so it's um i would say the adjustment for me is was kind of tough because i was in a mindset in college that I wasn't going to wrestle anymore. Right. So I had clicked off that piece of me, right. Like I wasn't trying to grow that piece of me. Um, and so to come back and decide like, Oh, like I do want to grow this piece. I had missed out probably on some, some good years of really trying to grow that piece because it's like, I'm not going to do it anymore. You know, like I'm just going to get through college and I'm going to move on to the next thing. Uh, and then deciding not to do that was like, Oh, <laughs> yeah so I need to, <laughs> you know like make these connections and the, some of them were hard right but I think the best thing that you can do in you know situations that are tough and hard is um is educate yourself learn educate from others learn from others and um, be persistent uh in in your commitment and in the details and it's not that those things won't fluctuate um, but they say um, commitment is staying true to what you said you would do long after that feeling has left, right? And that feeling leaves. It's a, it's a, it's a wanting to train, wanting to grind, isn't with you all the time, right? But that's where like the discipline comes in, and even sometimes, you know, like maybe you become undisciplined um, momentarily, right? Or, or you don't meet your expectations for yourself and it's it's a it's all a learning 
learning process and a, and a growing process. And that's, I think that's why they call it like a journey. Right. Um, yeah. And so I'm still learning so much about myself and uh, I'm just really appreciative of, of all the support I have um, in my life with the people that I have. And I try to put, put myself around positive people um, that um, are honest and truthful and will hold me, you know, to that standard I set for myself. Cause I think I, I hold myself to a standard. Um, but it doesn't hurt to have people around you that, that'll call you on your stuff or, um, you know, that, that'll keep it, keep it honest with you so that you can grow because when you get comfortable, like we talked about earlier, Chris, you know, it's easy to kind of slack off and, um, and make poorer choice choices, you know? Yeah. Somebody once told me one of the best things you can do is uh, surround yourself with people that are challenge you. Mm-hmm. And that that's kind of what, what you're saying and, and, and what anybody can take in life uh, I think is, is anytime you're, you're in a, you're complacent or you're okay with where you're at and you don't have some kind of drive to, to, to do better that's sometimes a place you don't want to be. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's a dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are not happy in the life that you have, but the minute that you stop driving for some sort of a goal or what have you, um, I think you cease to live a little bit, a yeah. little bit, you know, and then you have regrets, right? Like you said, you know, in 20 years, you might go, could I have done that? Could I have been an Olympic champion? Uh, especially when you see somebody that you in your in your mind are on par, or if not better than. Yeah. Absolutely. So, what has it been like training in the time of COVID? Did obviously wrestling is not a sport that you can do socially distant. <laughs> um, you know, I, you talk about surrounding yourself with with a good group to work with, but you're certainly having to, I would assume not only maintain your health, but, but making sure that you're doing good kind of public health practices so that you can train with other people. What, what has it been like? What's been different? What have been some of the struggles in training during, during all of this? Well, I would, I mean, you're not sure of what you're like exposing yourself to, right? Like, so if you compete at a tournament, right? And um, you're, you know, you're wearing your mask around. um, But like when you compete, right? Like this person's coming from a different place, right? And everybody's not getting tested uh, consistently. Uh, But like when you're wrestling with the college guys, like we get tested twice a week. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I'm getting tested twice a week. So like, I know I don't have it. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's been an, a, an adjustment, right? Because like, so let's say, Oh, one weekend you want to go home and spend time with your family. Like, or I want to go visit my mom. Right. Mm-hmm. If I leave on Saturday morning after morning workout, I don't even have 24 hours before I have to be back and get COVID tested. Right. So it's, it's, 
it's changed things in terms of your ability to move freely mm-hmm. um, and to just like kind of move maybe carefree and just like, Oh, like I don't have to worry about that. Right. Like, no, you do have to, you have to worry about if you go visit your mom, if you're putting her at, je- at risk or in jeopardy, you know, if you go visit a different loved one, um, what does that look like? So it's, yeah, it's just, it's changed stuff more so outside of wrestling, I would say than it has like inside of wrestling. Sure. Okay. And are you more stringent with maybe some of the things that you're asking other people to do to ensure that you that they're following the rules and things like that? Like I go back uh, to I go back to last week, like when the when when the Chiefs and the and the Buccaneers were leading up to the Super Bowl, and then they had that that whole haircut thing where you know they had 20 guys that were going to get a haircut there in the facility, and it turns out the barber tested positive for COVID. You know, I, I don't. I, I guess I don't have that luxury, right? Of like, like if I go get get my hair done, like the, the person wears a mask, right? right. Uh, so it's just, I don't know. Yeah, like I can't. I guess I can't force someone to do something. I I just can do stuff to the best of my ability, right? Um, and I think that's something that the sport of wrestling teaches you. Like you can't. And this is, yeah, you can't, you can't force people to do something, right? Like, but you can just do stuff to the best of your ability and um, hope that the things work out in your favor. Um, like I haven't, I haven't had it yet, or to my knowledge, I haven't had it, hadn't have, you know, the symptoms or anything. I haven't taken the antibody test, but um, I haven't been sick since the, the whole thing happened. And I'm hoping that I don't, especially as we get closer and near it. You know, like the trials, like, because it's just, you know, something else you got to fend off, fight off, um, and like just another obstacle, but yeah. Well, and again, I, I think you can't live in fear either, right? Yeah. You do the best you can to mitigate your, your risks and, but you can't, you can't not live your life. You just can't yeah. do that. Cause then you just, you, you know, you're existing it. just like right. we talked about before you're existing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's scarier for me. It's just not going out there, like not trying to achieve something, not trying to, you know, attack goals and, and accomplish things. Um, because fear, fear is a very crippling um, emotion. Um, and so I try to not let it dictate too much in my life. So along with, with preparing for the Olympics, uh, you know, we mentioned at the top that, that you've also been uh, uh, commentating on wrestling as well. Are there things that, you, that when you are now, you know, either through the benefit of hindsight or whatever, but when you're, when you're watching uh, college wrestlers now that you're learning uh, as you go through and, and watch all of this as well? And is that something, uh, or is, are there anything else that you're maybe getting that, that you're applying as you continue to train? Um, well, yeah, you continue to learn, like you continue to see different stuff. The, um, every, every single time out commentating, a lot of it is similar, but just like how guys approach things, how they do this, or maybe how they step or set up something. It's different for each person because everybody's different and, um that's the the beautiful thing about life is like 
everybody has their different way of approaching it, right? And there's different approaches to get people to maybe the same destination. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy, I enjoy commentating. Um, it's fun for me. It seems pretty natural. Uh, I really want to commentate like the big 12 championships and the NCAA championships at some point, like I would make, and maybe this is what I need to do is figure out how to make, you know, maybe I guess it would be like a media personality, make that like my job, you know, like that would be fun for me. Well, if you, um, if you figure that out, you let Chris and I know. I think yeah, <laughs> we can use all the pointers we can get. Talking wrestling and um, chopping, chopping up wrestling and being really appreciative of that would be fun for me. So we'll see. Well, fantastic. Well, Chris, is there anything else you, you wanted to, to ask or, or touch on as well? No, I, I caught your, your last um, announcement and, and I don't, I, I didn't watch a lot of wrestling uh, growing up, um, but I did take time to sit and watch it and, and, and listen to you. And I just found it, it was so nice to have somebody, I, you explained it in a way that I, that I followed it and was engaged and interested. So uh, I'm super excited to watch where you go. And, and, and I, for one, am a big fan and then going to root for you all the way through Kyvin. So, uh, and I, I appreciate you coming on and talking to us and, uh, and roasting Joey a little bit. That was, that was a good time. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, Kyvin, one thing that we really try to do with this podcast is, is instill a little bit of wisdom or insight for people. And I feel like you've been dropping uh, a whole bunch of truth bombs throughout all of this one thing that certainly stuck with me is the idea uh, that you can learn from a mentor, you can learn from mistakes. I, I think that's something that uh, certainly sticks with me and it's certainly something that I've probably learned from more mistakes than mentors uh, <laughs> <laughs> throughout my life. Uh, but, I, you know, just your approach to, to always learning and your approach to uh, constantly kind of adjusting it at what life is throwing at you is, is, is certainly admirable. Uh, I really look forward uh, to uh, what happens with your career, how th this year goes. I really, I'm, I'm pulling for you. I really hope that, that the trials can go off with a hitch here uh, whenever we figure out when and where they're going to happen and that you continue to stay healthy. Uh, I, I'm someone that, my dad was a, a wrestling manager at Iowa State back in the in the '60s and, and early '70s, so it's been something that I've followed for for basically my entire life. So I I, I was really excited to have you on as well. Um, but uh, I will continue keeping an eye on you, man. Um, we're really really excited for you, and and once again, really happy that you joined us. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, and and maybe we'll do this again. Oh, yeah. absolutely. We would we would love to have you on. We'd love to hear how things are going. Hopefully, uh, everything's going well out, uh, for you out in, in Colorado right now as well. Pray for yeah, good results it, for tomorrow. It'll it'll be good. I, I'm I'm in a a neutral place, but I know how my body's feeling and stuff like that. So I'm I'm in I'm in a good place. Good deal. Excellent. 
Well, once again, this has been Old Man Strength, the podcast of the Tailgate Society. Once again, please check us out on thetailgatesociety.com. Check out all the other great content, all the other podcasts and great articles. So many exciting stuff. We've already gotten 2021 off to a great start with a bunch of great content. So please make sure you check that out. Please like, subscribe, download all of that stuff. However, people get their podcasts. I don't know. I'm old. I don't know how this stuff works. Real to real tape deck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but please go ahead and check us out and we will see you guys next time. I don't want to get on the bandwagon. I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now I waited all my life to get this off my chest screen buddy murder until someone understands that it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women. I make this noise just because I can. And we'll all join in to that original song.